0: The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Sponsored by Baker Hughes, a GE company, inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so glad you're here with us. Uh, Whatever you're doing, whether you're traveling or you're running or you're walking or... Listening at home, I'm just so glad that you chose Permian Perspective to spend some time with us today. And I'm so excited I'm sitting here at my office inside Rig ID Workwear with Clayton Carmack. He is the co-owner and president of S&B Drilling. Thanks so much for being with us, Clayton. Thanks for having me. It's so exciting. We're going to talk all about your business and the Permian in just a minute, but first I want to say thank you to everyone for helping out our show and taking a few minutes to leave a five-star review on iTunes. We are so appreciative of the reviews we've received so far and for Apple choosing Permian Perspective to be on their new and noteworthy list. Thank you, Apple. Also, a special thanks to Jim for this awesome five-star review. Here's what he had to say. Krista has a really interesting guest point of view, and she is a natural for putting them at ease Thank you, Jim. Uh, she asks questions that draw out their stories, and she is engaging in what they say with follow-up questions. Great podcast. Thank you so much, Jim. I really appreciate that five-star review, and we appreciate you taking the time after this podcast and leaving one on iTunes. Okay, Clayton, thank you for being with us. You are the owner, the, one of the co-owners and president of s and Drilling. Tell us a little bit about your business.
1: Yes, yeah, so we do Helical Peers. And we uh, we're specialists in them. What that is is a big screw pile. You screw into uh, ground to create a foundation. Down here, a lot of people use concrete, so we're a good alternative to the concrete and put everything on, you know, any any type of fill equipment.
0: Now, th- this is something that can be utilized uh, not just here in the Permian. You actually come from the Bakken.
1: Correct. Yes. Yeah. So we started this company in Williston in uh, 2015. Up there, there's a little more issues with the soil conditions. The ground is not as hard as it is down here. So it was definitely a, a necessary need to, to get some better foundations up there. So we started up there um, with my father, my, my my brother-in-law. Went up there and worked for a client, and it worked out pretty well. We did that for about three and a half years until we ne- had an opportunity to come down to the, per- uh, the Permian. And uh, we took the opportunity, and I moved down here last August, and it's been going well ever since down here.
0: I love that. And you said you love the Permian and you're here to stay.
1: We are, definitely. Uh, we've got some great, great, great clients. My family really enjoys it down here. It's definitely the, the center of the, of the oil and gas industry now. It's where the most activities at. at. Uh, we feel there's some strong growth out here. And so we're here to stay.
0: Now, how did you get in oil and gas? Because I understand you served in the United States Army. Thank you for your service. Yeah, no problem. How did you get into oil and gas?
1: I'm a fourth generation oil field. And when I graduated high school, I, I did whatever I could not to get into oil and gas. I went to college, did it for a couple of years to know what I wanted to do. Uh, Join like the most army. of us, we don't <laughs> know what
0: we're going to do at that point in our lives, right? <laughs> Correct. I, I had
1: no idea. I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to blaze my own trail, I guess. I wanted to get into travel management at the time. But after a couple of years, it didn't didn't make sense to me. Joined the army in 2001. 9/11 happened during my my training. Within a year or so, we left for Iraq with my unit. Um, was there for a year. Um, when I got back, I went back to college, finished in a couple years, and kind of made that decision. It was in 2006 when there was another big boom going on, and at the time I was living in uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, which was Western Colorado. there's a big natural gas boom there, so I had an opportunity to to break in the oil field then, and and so I t- took the opportunity, and haven't turned back since. It was a, uh, you know, although I tried everything not to get into it, the opportunity was there, and and I'm glad I took that opportunity because I love what I do. My family enjoys what we do. We make good money. And it's exciting. I've been all over the country because of oil and gas.
0: I know. I remember when I just met you a few minutes ago, you said, I'm never leaving the oil and gas business. I love it. It it's, is here to stay. They're
1: going to have to do whatever they can to get rid of me. <laughs> I, I'm here forever. I just love it. I love the people. I love the challenges. I love the industry. I love what we do. I know it's important. Everything we do for energy independence and everything everything else around it, it's just it's amazing to me.
0: How did serving our country help you in what you do now, day to day?
1: There's a lot that I learned in the military. A lot of it's patience. I mean, if anyone's a prior service guy, uh, you learn a lot of patience. Oil and gas industry is the same way, as well as the hard work, the ethic there, of working every day, all the time, long hours, maybe being told what to do and realizing it doesn't work and you make mistakes and you keep going at it again. The camaraderie is very similar in the military as it is in oil and gas. I mean, I'm, I love these men that I work with, whether it was in the military or, or, or in the oil and gas industry. So that part I, I really enjoy. So it's easy transition, I think, uh, for a lot of the military guys and veterans like myself to get into oil and gas and, and be, and be good at it, frankly.
0: Right. Fantastic. Now I know you have been in oil and gas a long time, but this company is fairly new started in 2015. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yes.
0: What have you done to immerse yourself into the basin since you've been here and to grow this company?
1: Well we, we had an attempt in two thousand seventeen to break in and, and we, we failed. It, it was a we tried to come down here, we didn't have a very good plan. I guess it was a dream. And we came down here, did a couple little jobs, but didn't it didn't make sense to bring full crews and, and buy equipment and, and rent a rent a shop. So we regrouped, did some more research and kinda of waited for an opportunity to, to make sure to come down here. So in two thousand eighteen, had a client that we work in the Bakken as well as down here in the Permian. They said hey we need you guys you guys do good work We you down here so we took the opportunity kind of worked on some good contracts which is really important we did all of that made the move down here uh, it's been working ever since and while we're down here so we started to expand uh, acquire new clients learn the area a little better and it's been been really well um, we've grown just from just maybe two or three guys here to about 12 people in this, this district uh, we've got a good steady crew or crews i should say And, uh, it's, it's been, it's been awesome just to kind of grow in this area during this last year or so.
0: I love how you shared that story because I think people think so often that you're gonna start this business and it's, it's gonna, it's. You know, going to just take off from day one, there are a lot of highs and lows I know as a business owner, and I know you've seen this, I'm sure, that that's how you learn and regroup. And you may have to shift a little in what you're doing. And uh, I love that you shared that with us, that it didn't work this time, but guess what? It's working now. We figured it out. Because I think so many people get discouraged in that first year or two. And what have you learned through your experience? Absolutely.
1: So I think that, you know, if, to be, a, I think, a successful entrepreneur is to understand that you will make mistakes and you will fail. Yes. And then you have to get past that. We started this company in 2015. So if everyone's familiar with what happened in January 2015, was was probably our generation's worst bust, right?
0: Hey, we have that in common. We started our business in (laughs) 2015 as well.
1: So, yeah, so there's opportunities, though, as well, right? Mm -hmm. So while people are bailing out, you know, we double down, right? And so, but at the same time, we also got to know how to do things very economically, very... Uh, strategically, you know, hey, we, every penny counts as we grow, mm-hmm. because, you know, there's not a lot of dollars out there to be to be had. So I think growing in that atmosphere taught us how to be very financially disciplined, mm-hmm. to be really good to to care about those long term relationships with clients that, you know, you can't just upset a client and go, well, don't worry about that one, we'll get the next one. No, right. you've really had to hunker down and, and take care of that client and, and, and your potential clients because every client mattered and so i'm glad that we started in a an environment like that and not when it's a boom and you know everything touches gold and you don't really realize you know maybe the money you spend or the people you hire because you just need to fill you know you just need a warm body to fill that position you know every person we have matters they mean something and and and, and i don't mean that just as a human being point but they're strategic in, in, our, in our in our growth and our success and we've kept that type of growth throughout our company even even in the last year and a half when things are going extremely well the thing that we call is we want to grow organically mm-hmm. and not overgrow ourselves or grow for the sake, the sake of growing that organic growth is is healthy growth and we, we took that growth came into the Permian and still maintain that growth in us I think it's why we're still successful now
0: how do you find that that is working the organic growth uh, what are you doing differently that
1: well, I look at a lot of companies here, especially in the Permian, you see a lot of companies that are equity-backed, right? So they're trying to hire and, re- and, and acquire talent from, from everywhere. So they're paying top dollar for guys, right? So they may be paying 50% more for the same type of quality guy uh, in operations than, than I am. They're, they're, the way they charge and the invoicing is, is a little bit different because they're trying to make sure they get the return on investment. I don't have a lot of overhead in our company. So we can be competitive in that sense. So I think there is competitive advantages of being a small business owner, being more agile, looking at the culture, s- seeing the environment and changing quickly with it. For example, the last three months, the second quarter of, of 19 has been very unique. You know, price gas or gas prices are about, to, about the same, but you're seeing a little less activity. Well, the operators seeing that they overspent a lot in the first quarter. So they want their, their service companies to be more economical. And so we saw that immediately and said, okay, what can we do? We looked inwards and we looked at our vendors and we looked at our way of, of spending and go, okay, how can we more be more economical to them? And so that was really important to us for our growth to see how the environment's changing. Even this little quarter, this little blip that we're having, I don't think it's going to be that way throughout the year, of course. But but th- but this quarter, they, wanna, they wanted to tighten up and our company is able to do that.
0: Fantastic. Let's talk about the differences between the Balkan because you spent a lot of time there and the Permian. What are the major differences that you see and what have you learned from there that maybe is helping you here?
1: The differences are <laughs> winters are just horrible up there. You that's know what ne- I heard.
0: Negative oh. <laughs> 20 oh. is
1: pretty average, but you know, you hear people say the negative 40s and, and that's true. I mean, you get the wind chill, um, you're going to get 40s and we are working on those temperatures. So traveling to locations, dangerous. The wind, you know, getting frostbite, it's a real deal for about five to six months. It's pretty brutal. And then even the lack of sunlight, even in the middle of winter, you might get six to seven hours of sunlight. So you can't be as productive during those times. So it's pretty unique in that aspect. But no matter where you are in in, in the world, you need a foundation. And so our company, even though uh, the market up there is the soils are pretty bad, pretty wet, you know, you have other issues. So you have to have a good solid foundation here. It's not the same thing. So we have to go, well, they still need a foundation. So here's a time of schedule thing. So we can come in here be quick instead of using concrete, we can put in our, our piles. And so it's a different, it's a different format in the sense of like, how do we get business here? You know, we can't say, well, you need foundation cause the soul's bad. Hey, we can come in here and be done sooner than the concrete guys. We can be in and out in, in a day as opposed to a couple of weeks. More um, efficient. So more efficient. So, so. Our techniques are actually different, but this, the, the, the thing is that both no matter, no matter what basin you're in, you have to have a good solid foundation to build anything. So we just take that and then just know our, know our diff, different districts and go, okay, this is what we have to sell about. And it's been working so far.
0: So if anyone complains to you about the uh, triple-digit heat and sandstorms, you say, oh, no. <laughs> you should be in the Balkan for for winter, <laughs> right? I mean,
1: I don't know what's worse, a hundred you know ten degree heat up here or or forty below. They're they're both unique. I've worked in both both environments, our cruise work environments. I guess being in the oil and gas industry, it's just just part of it. You work right. long hours and you work in crazy temperatures. That's what I love about it. I hate it, but I love it at the same time. Right. One of those relationships
0: tell me what you particularly love about being here in the permian you've been here a year now you and your family moved here and i love that you love it because i i, I think oftentimes people move here and it takes a little time at first to just like you would anywhere uh, but you've loved it right off the bat tell us what it is you.
1: Enjoy. right well this is actually my third time kind of in, in in the permian i worked here for oxy for a little bit as Holton, again for anadarko and so i worked at both those different places but this move has been different. My wife and, and daughters really enjoy being here, And maybe because they lived in Williston, North Dakota, for the last three years. Maybe they're, they enjoy the weather a little bit better. you bring on the heat. <laughs> right. But the schools are, are actually pretty decent. I think Texas does good with their schools. The programs, my daughter, one daughter's in dance, one daughter's in gymnastics. They're both competitive, uh, competitive teams. So we get to travel over, you know, Texas. So that, that part's pretty fun. You know, HEB is pretty amazing. I'm not gonna it lie. It is. That's, that's one of the <laughs> one of the best uh, grocery stores I've ever seen. So, so there's a lot of there's a lot of good here. You know, there might be some some bad. I guess uh, maybe it gets too hot sometimes. But uh, where we're from, we're originally from Western Colorado. It's also a desert too. Mm-hmm. So my family is used to kind of like the dry heat. We would prefer that over the, the humidity, like say in Houston. Right,
0: right. Well, let, Let's talk about opening an oil and gas business, what advice would you give to someone that is just starting out because uh, we have some listeners that are maybe just coming into the basin or they're considering moving here? What advice would you give them?
1: Don't be afraid to fail. I think I fail the most in in our company, for sure. There's lots of things that we do. I make mistakes. But you learn from the mistakes and you learn from the failures and you you go forward. I think there's so many people have, you know, dreams of, of being their own boss. But they're afraid to, to take those steps and make mistakes. Yeah, you're going to spend money. Yeah, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah, you're going to make people upset. Yeah, you could make enemies. It's all going to happen. But it's it's part of the growth. You have a philosophy and you stick with your philosophy. And so that's what we've done. Uh, the, one of our biggest core values is that we care. And it sounds maybe wishy-washy or whatever, but if you care about everything, whether you're you're driving safely down the road or you clean your truck after a shift or, or you care about your, your your buddy next to you, or you make sure that invoice is done correctly so the client gets it right, and then we get paid on time. If you care about everything, everything's going to work out, all the way up to safety. If you care, you use the right tools, you use the right equipment, you use it properly, it all matters. So those are things that I that I do, is I care, I have no problem making mistakes and learning from them. And, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs think, oh, well, I just got to be perfect. I, I've got to do it this way. And, and, and it's just not... It's not a reality. It's it's not the truth at all that you will make mistakes. Hurry up and make them soon. Do it right away in your in in the middle in the beginning of your company, and that way you can learn from it and go on. Mm -hmm. But the indecision is the worst decision I think sometimes for entrepreneurs. Just go and do it. Don't be afraid to make a mistake.
0: I love that. Great advice. Let's talk about your core values. Uh, When you're putting those together for a company, I know it can be kind of overwhelming. It's like, what, you know, because you have so much that you want to say and get, how did you and your team come to your core values?
1: So there's a book written by Gina Wickman called Traction. He's got a series of like four or five books. Uh, We've read them all, Given them all to all our employees. They read them.
0: We, I'm gonna write that down. What is it again?
1: It's called uh, "Traction" by Gino Wickman.
0: Traction, okay. It's a Love fantastic
1: it. book. He's got a couple other ones that kind of dive into different sub segments of 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 the of the, of the process. Mm-hmm. And so we went about mm, about nine months ago. We got we got the whole team together, the leadership team together, and as a group, as a leadership team, we decided what our core values are. Our core values: number one, I, I mentioned earlier, was we care. Number two is 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 about quality. You know, we want we want the best equipment. We want the best people. You know, we want the best processes. We want we want quality. Uh, the third is professionalism. We want to be professional. We want to show everyone that we can do things professionally. Four is being steward of the community. And you know, I want to touch on this one too because we do a lot in in the Bakken. We do a lot here in the Permian. Uh, we want to give back. We want to we want to gain the trust. Other people like myself, or, or whether it's vendors or clients, they live here too. you know. They want to buy or, 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 ha- or sell to us f- from a local perspective as well. So we do a lot for the community, and it's a really important part of what we do. Matter of fact, we make sure that we do one community event every week for our company. And that's one of our things that we score ourselves on. It's really important that we do that. And number five is a commitment to safety. And people say well why is why is number five safety I mean why I go well, first of all I'm not a safety company right so that's not my number one but if I care if I always take care and get quality stuff if I'm professional those things make it towards easy to be safe
0: mm-hmm. if
1: I if I instead of buying like a cheap hammer I buy the best hammer right you know what I mean and I, and I, and I train them the best way possible those things will make it so where safety is easy so mm-hmm. it's not that it's not important to be number five. Because
0: they're all very important.
1: They're they all they're the right. core values. Right. All five are, are very important. But that's kind of the that's the the, the, mm-hmm. the order that we have our core processes in.
0: Fantastic. What is the most important business tool that you've used that has really helped you get to where you are today?
1: You know, I'll, I'll go to some of the books I read and the, the one I just told you about was Traction. We I know. Really, I'm so
0: excited to read it. We budget. really
1: integrated that. We've actually hired uh, an implementer that every once a quarter he comes down. Matter of fact, we're doing our next uh, uh, session next week in, in Williston. And so we we're trying to just make our, our leadership team better. Some of the early books I read was another book called Little Red Book of Selling by Jeffrey Gittimore. It was a book when I first started going as a company, it was just me and my brother-in-law. We were just working, you know, doing, wearing multiple hats as you know, small business right. owners, but how do we grow? And so I read that book and it really changed how we kind of start growing. And then lately I've read a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. And it really dives into like the relationships of between the leadership team. And so that book we're just implementing now into our into our group. Um, one of the things that talks about is trust. Sometimes there's a, a thing in companies, it's called like an artificial harmonious thing that you have, right? You just want to get along. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to get along. I want to have conflict. I want to have your ideas told to me so I can spread them out. I, I don't want people to feel like, well, I don't want to say anything because I'll lose my job. No, I want to have conflict. I want to bring things up to the table. What bothers you? What? You have an idea that can make it better than we're doing. Let's have that conversation. So that's one of the five steps in that book that really kind of breaks down like those barriers of of maybe trusting another coworker or or trying to be like I said artificial, you know, harmoniously with with another employee. No, tell them how you feel. Let's let's be real. Let's be real adults here and have the conversation. Uh, and there's a couple other steps there that we're kind of integrating right now. Because
0: that's how you learn and grow. Otherwise, that's how you it,
1: truly l- learn and grow.
0: Otherwise, you're just going to stay this way, and you're never going to see that scale go up.
1: Correct. I and, and I, and I want to be challenged. I want, I want the guys around us to be challenged and, and have their input and have, have ownership. I want them to have ownership as well into it. So there's quite a bit into it that, that's, that's, that we're learning. So I take those books, and uh, I read them several times, actually. And then I implement them into the company. And so, like I said, uh, I don't read like so many books, but I really want to say, wow, that's a great idea. Let's implement it. So that's, that's what we do for a company.
0: Wonderful. And it seems like leadership skills, that is something that is important to you. How do you find that you then motivate your team members with those skills that you're learning through reading and through meeting and, and trying to b- build the, the company up?
1: Well, I, I think the main thing is is to let them do it. I believe in making my own mistakes too, so I want them to make their own mistakes, and I want them to learn from them. If they can get past those little mistakes that they, you know, make, then they move past it. I want them to have ownership. I want them to have their ideas. Um, it's 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 amazing when you when you let someone do those things. How much buy-in they have into a company. It's part of their company as well. I think you know I've been employees of companies too, which I prefer not to be ever again. It's so nice to be an owner, but but I want them to have that feeling too, and I think that. Sometimes a lot of larger companies, you know, they tell you what to do and I don't want to tell anybody what to do. I want to hire people. I want them to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. This is a better idea. Let's do this. Listen to it. and I go, that makes sense. Go do it. Well, I don't know if it's going to work. We'll go find out. Go do it. So that ownership and, and letting him make those decisions, mistakes, or, or even great accomplishments. And if you didn't do that, where would you be as a company? So I want, I would like my, my, my people around me to make those, make those decisions. And I think it's it's doing us a really good job so far.
0: Wonderful. Do you have a favorite quote that you live by?
1: I do. I'm kind of a movie buff.
0: Oh, me too. What, what kind of movies do you like?
1: Oh, man, I like a lot of movies. <laughs> but the 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 one movie in particular that I like, it's from the Le- League Le- Your Own. It's when a Jimmy Dugan or Tom Hanks played Jimmy Dugan. Yes. And he says, "Hold on, I don't want to mess this up."
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: I actually wrote it down. That's
0: smart. That's Makes good. So and especially it. when you're quoting somebody, you want to make sure you're quoting them right. I don't want to miss. Especially miss Tom Hanks. Quote, you know,
1: Jimmy <laughs> Dugan. Of course it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. Even if it was easy, everybody would do it. Hard is what makes it great. Yeah. And so that's one of my favorite quotes because hard and there's is- There's no
0: crying in baseball.
1: <laughs> there are some other quotes in there I just love. <laughs> that's a great movie. I love that one. It's one of my favorites. But that quote in particular, there's a lot of things that are hard in life, whether it's uh, you know, a female baseball team and, and, and they're trying to do something they've never done before to- you know, uh, an entrepreneur a guy like me from Colorado, moved to Williston, came here to to the Midland. You know, how can I run a, a large company like this? Well, you just do it. Right. I'm not afraid of the of the hard. I want the reward of the hard. So that th- that's to me, I I love that. And if you want to get into business for yourself, uh, especially oil and gas, I just love the fact that if you work really really hard, it can pay off here. Mm-hmm. It really really can. And and you know, our company and the guys around us are proof that. That hard work does pay off. Mm-hmm.
0: Like a, my wall says right here, dream big. Or as Aaron Marquez said in our podcast, he said, goal big. Goal I love big. that. You got to goal big. You got to dream big. You have to go for it. It's going to be hard, absolutely. but it's
1: worth it. Absolutely. And so I, I like that. I just like that. Um, you got to have a plan, you know. And so, it, you know, goal is probably better than the dream part right, of it. Right, Because I dream about being five nine and, <laughs> and, and, and much taller than I am right now. But I want to have a goal and a plan, and I'm going to work that plan. So absolutely. absolutely.
0: Plan big. We'll <laughs> yes, right. add that it. one in there. Finally, when you knew you were coming on today and you thought, I really hope that the listeners of Permian Perspective get to know this about SMB drilling. Is there anything we haven't covered that you'd love to share with us right now? You
1: know, our our goal is 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 beyond the Permian for SMB. We want to be the premier um, helical installer, not only here but in other basins. But we need more and better people to help us ar- around. I've got some amazing people around me. Even my wife. My wife is my biggest cheerleader. Uh, she also does the books for our company. She takes care of the kids, uh, takes care of the house, takes care of me. I mean. She's the real MVP. She, she is. <laughs> she's the one that I, you know, I report to. Right. You know, and so we have some some great people around us and their wives. And, and to me, that's what it's about. You know, we, we've got a really tight knit group between all the leadership team. We all live here. We, we, our kids and, and our wives interact. And there's other people like that in this community I saw it in the Bakken and Williston lot smaller, tighter group. but here it's the same way where people from all over the country are coming here to work, and they just want to take care of their their families and they're working really, really hard and working in the crazy heat. I love that. i I love that about uh, what this country can do and in this and this area in particular. I, I I love Midland. I love working here. Yeah. and and so does so does my so does so does my my family and so does uh, the rest of my company. So it's pretty neat.
0: Well, fantastic. We're so glad you're here, and yeah. we wish you the best with your company, SMB Drilling. If someone wants to find you on social media, what's the best way to find you?
1: Best ways? We are on LinkedIn. Uh, I've got my own personal account, but we also have the SMB Drilling account on Facebook, and then our website at snbdrilling.com, all spelled out. But yeah, there's. you'll see us on, uh, on the social media. We're, we're really heavy on that. That's a uh, Probably the best marketing tool now, I think, Absolutely, is definitely the social media.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much, Clayton, for sharing with us. We really appreciate it. It It's so nice to meet you. And we look forward to seeing you here in the basin for years to come. So best of luck to you and your business and continued success. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I know now it is time to announce our community MVP. That's right. It's a new segment we started a few weeks ago. And today's community MVP, or should I say MVPs, plural, are West Texas Food Bank XTO Energy and Oxy. Something really exciting is happening. West Texas Food Bank broke ground on the XTO Energy Educational Gardens. These gardens will feature biodomes, which were sponsored by Occidental Petroleum Corporation. I know my friends Craig and Libby at West Texas Food Bank are so excited about this project, and they are always appreciative of our giving community. We really do have the best community here in West Texas. So congratulations to our community MVPs. All right. We would like to finally thank our sponsor, Baker Hughes, a GE company. We couldn't have this podcast without them. They are inventing smarter ways to bring energy to the world. Thank you again for joining us. That concludes this episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. A special thank you again to Clayton Carmack for being our guest today. We appreciate you and we appreciate all of you listening at home or in the car or wherever you're listening today. Remember my motto, dream big, goal big, plan big, however you want to put that spin on there. And of course, believe in yourself. You make it a great day.
2: Okay, before heading into the events on deck for July, I have a few and announcements. We moved our happy hours to quarterly. And so the Houston and Midland happy hour will be in sometime August or September. Be on the lookout for the date to be announced. And we are launching our Denver happy hour on August 29th from four to 6 p.m. All the details are below. And now let's move on to the events on deck. We have the Argentina Oil, Gas, and Energy Summit 2019. That's July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. The link is below. Then we have a happy hour coming up on July 23rd. It's the Intentional Networking Oil and Gas Happy Hour at the Houston Zoo. This is hosted by Equilibria, NOV, OGGN, and Flutura, And a portion of the ticket sales will be going to Redeem Ministries, a local charity to help human trafficking victims. You can sign up below. Next up, Mark, Jake, and Paige will be speaking at the 2019 ipa annual meeting, July 24th and 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this year's theme is Addressing Operators' Needs in 2019. Sign up below. The Desk, Derek, Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual shoot for the future clay shoot is July 26th in Decatur, Texas. Sign up below below. And last but not least, Summer Nape is coming up August 21st through 22nd in Houston, Texas, to where the deals happen.
0: Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.